if you'd open your Bibles, please, to the book of Lamentations. Uh, just go to uh, Jeremiah. It's the next book. Lamentations chapter 3. And we're going to begin reading in verse 37. Lamentations chapter 3, verse 37. Shall we stand, please, for the reading of God's Word? Lamentations chapter 3, verse 37. Who is he that saith, and it cometh to pass, when the Lord commandeth it not? Out of the mouth of the Most High proceedeth not evil and good. Wherefore doth a living man complain, a man for the punishment of his sins? Let us search and try our ways, and turn again to the Lord. Let us lift up our heart with our hands unto God in the heavens. We have transgressed and have rebelled. Thou hast not pardoned. Thou hast covered with anger and persecuted us. Thou hast slain. Thou hast not pitied. Thou hast covered thyself with the cloud that our prayer should not pass through. Thou hast made us the offscouring and the refuge in the midst of the people. All our enemies have opened their mouths against us. Fear and a snare has come upon us, desolation and destruction. If you look back at uh, verse 39, I think about this verse much. Wherefore doth a living man complain? A man for the punishment of his sins. And so this morning we want to talk about uh, the blame game. Uh, Wednesday night we talked about being aware of the benefits of God, and we want to look at the, uh, the opposite of that on the extreme end in uh, how this applies. What, how can we complain scripturally? It's not wrong to complain, but we need, we need to do this the right way. All right, let's pray. Father, we pray that you bless the message. We yield your spirit. We pray that he would uh, help as the word goes forth, that you'd open our ears, what the spirit saith unto the church, that you'd open our hearts and our, our minds and help us to be honest with ourselves and with thee. Uh, are we complainers? How do we complain? What is the biblical way to make a justified complaint? Help us, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And you may be seated. Uh, we live in a day of victimization. People love to play the victim so that they can pass uh, accountability to someone else. And this is uh, where we're at in the last of the last days. But we as the people of God, First of all, we are aware of the benefits, so are we going to focus on the benefits of God, or are we going to pass blame to someone or someone else, something else, because things have not uh, gone our way, or they haven't gone as we would have them to have gone. So biblically, there is always a right way and a wrong way to do everything. When do you do it? Where should you do it? How should you do it? Where should you do it? How much should you do it? With what intensity should you do it? And complaining uh, relates to this. 
It's very, very significant. If you complain the wrong way, God is going to get very angry at you. If you complain the right way, God may have compassion and hear from heaven. So what is a biblical complaint? How should we do it? Uh, I know a man, uh, he, he, he's still around, and he would call me. And I'd say, what, what you up to? And this is what he'd say, I'm arguing with God. And I'd go, whoa, I don't want to touch the phone, lightning may strike. Uh, but he, and he wasn't complaining the right way. He was complaining the wrong way. He had some things he wanted to happen, and he was telling God, you better make it happen really quick. Uh, and he was very frustrated with God. And uh, there's, there's a balance. Uh, we need to be humble and um, agree with God. But how do we do this? So it's somewhat technical. Um, many misdefine complaining. So what is complaining based upon? Number one, our circumstances. Something in our life is not right. Something in our life is not good or as we would have it. And then complaining number two, it's a manifestation of the condition of our heart. Are we right with God? Do we see clearly? Or are we selfish? And are we looking at life from a very selfish perspective, being too introspective? What is the circumstances? And what is the condition of our life? You've probably at your place of employment, um, and a lot of them have this, they would uh, have a complaint department on big places. You know, some bosses, they're the complaint department. Uh, other employees come in, complain about others. Um, but you've probably heard the term, I would like to file a formal complaint. You might have been driving down the road, you see the bumper sticker, how is my driving? Not good. I wouldn't hire you if, if, if my employee drove. No. Uh, some people are just mean in a bad mood. They see that 800 number, they dial it up, make a false accusation. Um, it, it depends on the human heart, the, the condition of the heart at the time. So during this Thanksgiving season, we are to be aware of the benefits of God, to recognize the benefits and His abundant blessings, and then with humility, give God the credit Give God the glory that He rightfully deserves. This is true thanksgiving. And the opposite of that is to complain. And to complain is to feel sorry for yourself or not to see clearly or to be aware of why something has happened in your life and not to let God be God and then to put the blame either on someone, something, or, sad to say, even blame God. And this is what a lot of people do. I've had people tell me, uh, I can't go to church because how could a God of love allow that? Uh, they've told me many times, I'm angry with God. I don't agree with God. And they, rather than aware and humility and very thankful from the benefits that God gives them, 
they put the blame on him. So what is the difference between the benefits and putting blame? Very fearful thing, because if you get it right, it's one of the greatest principles you can apply in your life. If you get it wrong, it's one of the most dangerous things that we could do. So an example, in Numbers 11.1, 1, when the people complained, it displeased the Lord. So the wrong type of complaining displeases God. Not only that, it angers God. Not only that, if you take it too far and you cross the line, God's going to take action. Not only will he remove the benefits, which we enjoy, he will then bring circumstances which are not enjoyable. So to complain, and, and I want to emphasize this, that doesn't mean that you're pointing out a fault or making a correction or helping someone improve. I had somebody tell me one time, uh, quit complaining. I said, I didn't complain. I told you you're doing this wrong and you need to do it right. That's not a complaint. We need to know the Bible definition. I'm not uh, complaining. I'm not pointing blame I'm, or giving blame. Um, I'm saying, you need to be better at this. That, I'm pointing out the wrong. So here's what happened in the text in Israel. This is just after the third Babylonian judgment. This judgment was self-inflicted. They brought it upon themselves. That was the origin. They made foolish decisions. They stole the tithe. They violated the Sabbath. They worshiped idols. They rejected and stoned God's prophets. It was originated by them, self-inflicted. So number two, God allowed it. All the evil things that happened to them, they brought it on themselves, number one. Number two, God allowed it. Number three, it was Babylon that God used to bring the judgment, they reaped what they sowed on the house of Israel. So when we look at this whole book, it's so sad. Remember, Jeremiah was the weeping prophet. He not only saw the benefits of God and was grateful, he understood the judgment of God and that Israel deserved it and there was nothing to do that he could stop it. Remember, he, he was the unmarried prophet. He preached judgment, and God said, I want you to prove you believe what you're preaching. Don't get married. Don't have any children. You'll live a very lonely, isolated life as a prophet to the nations. He preached this. He believed it. He meant it. He saw the prophecies fulfilled. So let me just read you some of this. Look at verse 45, what God had done to them. Thou hast made us an offscouring and refuse in the midst of the people. The other nations saw Israel as trash, the dump, refuse, something to get as far away from you as you can. It says in verse 46, all our enemies have opened their mouths against us. They were being attacked verbally. They were attacked literally, militarily. Verse 47, fear and a snare has come upon us. Desolation and destruction. 
Verse 48, mine eye runneth down with rivers of waters for the destruction of the daughter of my people. Mine eye trickleth down and ceaseth not without uh, any intermission till the Lord looked down and beheld or behold from heaven. And he says, mine eye affected my heart because of the daughters of my city. He says, mine enemies chase me sore like a bird without cause. They have cut off my life in the dungeon and cast a stone upon me. Waters flowed over mine head. Then I said, I am cut off. Now, when we were in Israel, Brother Horgesheimer might have seen this, we were taken down to the dungeon below the high priest Caiaphas' house where they locked up Jeremiah. He was in the mud, in the quagmire. And Obed-Melech, I think his name, let down the rotten rags and put under his armholes and lifted him up. Uh, Jeremiah not only warned them, don't sin, don't keep this up or evil's going to come. He saw it come. And not only that, while he was weeping for the daughters of his people, he was persecuted and locked up in the dungeon. And all through this, the king and the, the princes were, in some ways, blaming it on him. They were complaining. They were blaming the bad sermons on him, blaming the judgment, and now they're blaming the circumstances of their life on God. What a horrible thing. And so, if you really summarize this, Jeremiah is saying, we deserve this. We, we brought this upon ourselves. This is a justified judgment of Almighty God. So it says that, wherefore should a living man complain? If we are alive, we have no right to complain against God. We have no justification to put the blame of the circumstances of our life on God or anyone else, because if it's because of sin, we rightly deserve it. You know, think about it. The Antichrist spirit has been in the world for 2,000 years. He's taken over with globalism and open borders and all these things that are going on. The movement, uh, green energy, global warming, yeah. All this stuff. We're, we're in this. We live in America. We live in America where New York City runs the world. The United Nations is there. Wall Street is there. All these things are there. If something bad happens, did I deserve it? Is it am I partly to blame? So we need to recognize and learn. We cannot confuse a correction or a description of our circumstances with putting the blame on someone else or on God. So we learn from David, a man after God's own heart. David was the most descriptive writer and songwriter of the Psalms. And when he was talking to God, conversing with God, many times he would describe the circumstances of his life. He would be very vivid in describing 
how lonely he was or how persecuted he was or how afraid he was or his enemies hated him without a cause. He didn't deserve this. And he would go to God in prayer. He would talk to God and explain with all the adjectives um, and very, very skilled and eloquent as he was making these um, these circumstances known to God, a man after God's own heart. And he was not complaining in the sense when you look the word up. It's not the same word of putting the blame on God. He was not putting the blame even on Saul or any of his enemies. He was not playing the blame game. He was complaining scripturally to tell God what he's going through, explain to God what he felt like, and describing to God what it was like to endure these trying circumstances. And because of that, David was a man after God's own heart. Israel in Numbers 11.1 1, complained, and it displeased God. He ended up killing many of them because they were lustful and their complaints were all based upon standard of living. How much food do we have? What type of food do we have? How are things going um, in their life? So this is, this is very important. When, when you look at the, the word um, complain, we need to, to understand what it means. It means you think over the circumstances of your life. You set your mind on the things that you don't like about your life. And then the word actually means to talk it over, to utter it. So then you say what is in your heart, what you focused upon, which is negative, which you do not agree with. And then you somehow justify it in your mind that I deserve better than this. This shouldn't be happening to me. I don't know why life is not fair. God is not fair. And then you put the blame on someone else or even God himself. And when this happens, we are on very, very dangerous ground. Now, how can a living man complain? Very simply, he's full of pride, and it's all about him, and he bases his life on the circumstances of his life, and he does not let God be God. If God is sovereign, and he is all-powerful, all omniscient, all-knowing, and if he's providential, in control of everything, I can trust God to go through some rough times. I can trust God to allow me to reap what I've sowed and most of the things that we endure, we brought upon ourselves. Almost all of it, by the way. Or God's purging something so we can bring forth more fruit. Or He's trying us to burn and purge the dross so we can come forth as pure gold. There's a reason for everything that's happening. Most of it is our own fault. The origin came from us. But how can a, a, a man who's even alive complain in the sense 
of putting the blame on God or someone else. You know, if we're alive this morning, we ought to be happy. We ought to be thankful. There's something always good we can focus on. It could always be worse. Always. And God is allowing this for a reason, but the pride of the hearts of wicked men, still alive in their confusion, in their selfishness, they have the audacity and the foolishness to blame it on God. And that's what Israel was doing. So Israel is at the very bottom. You have to see what has happened. The most powerful of nations, the most affluent, has become invaded, dominated, and spoiled. Everything they have is gone. All of their wealth, their family, uh, the, the edifices. And in Lamentations, this great, great heart of God, the book of the man of God sorrowing and weeping over the chastisement of the people of God, we need to see things from Jeremiah's viewpoint. If anybody could complain, it's him. God called him to warn them. They didn't listen. He went and, we have to see this. He went and preached to the king and the princess. You know what they did? They put him in the stocks right where they walked up to the temple. You know what stocks are, where you got your head and your hands and it has a hinge and they lock you in there. This was the man of God telling them, you better repent. I'm warning you. Judgment's coming. Judgment's coming. You better straighten up. What happens? Did they listen? No. They made a mockery of him. They lock him up in the entrance the courtyard to the temple. And when all the Jews are going playing their religious games, still in idolatry, still still in the tithe, still violating the Sabbath, still will not listen to the Word of God and the prophets. They're mocking Jeremiah. Look at that. That old, look at that man locked up. Now, he had a right. And even then, remember the, the false prophet, Jeremiah said, if you don't listen to me, God's going to put um, you in the yoke of steel or iron. And God ends up killing a false prophet. They still didn't listen. They end up, as we talked about earlier, putting him in the dungeon, in the muck and the mire, in the damp and the darkness of uh, miserable conditions. And now he's looking at the damage. You know, it would be like going into a battlefield or a city was bombed and you're just walking amongst the ruins and you remember what it used to be. And you remember the glory of the beauty of the architecture and the landscaping and the infrastructure. And now it's all obliterated and you see the death and you smell the stench and you see uh, all of the, the dismembered bodies and the torn flesh. And now he's looking at this and he reaches this conclusion. We brought this on ourselves. At least we're still alive. Wherefore shall a living man complain? So they persecuted the true men of God. You know what they did? They followed the false prophets, and it says the ones who preached smooth things. 
They cried out, peace, peace, when there is no peace. He, he cried out, judgment, repent. They cried out, don't listen to that man. Nothing bad's going to happen. And now God used Jeremiah. All these things came upon Israel. And we need to see how bad it really was. Now just think about this. The wall around the city is broken down. Now, if you've ever been there or seen a Middle Eastern city that's walled or a castle, unbelievable amount of work that goes into it, the thickness and the height. The gates are burned with fire. The temple is demolished. All of the riches of, of the king's treasure house and the Lord's treasure house have been taken to Babylon. Their houses are burned. Now just think about this. Temples leveled. Men are lying dead in the streets. The women have been ravished. Many people have been taken into slavery into a foreign land. The, this is hard for us to understand in our modern society. The women have had to eat their own children and are still cannibalizing their own children. You say, I would never do that. Well, we hope we wouldn't. You don't know what you'd do if you're starving to death. The Bible says that a calf of dove's dung and a donkey's head selling for 20 pieces of silver. Now, just get that. Dove excrement selling for 20 pieces of silver. A dead donkey's head, just something we can eat selling for 20 pieces of silver. All hope is lost. Not one worldly encouragement, nothing to look forward to. And then you know what God tells them? You're not coming home for 70 years. And he told them in Ezekiel, he said, you just build houses over there. You're not coming home. This is the judgment of God. And you're going to pay for the sin that you com committed, and you brought this all on yourself. And then Jeremiah says, even with all this, wherefore should a living man complain? You know, we have it so easy. You know, have we had to cannibalize our children? No. Are we eating dead donkeys and excrement? No. You know, we get up in the morning and have a flat tire, and it's like the world... Oh, well, you know, ruined my whole day, or your meal wasn't right at the restaurant, which it rarely is. Uh, just, just things like that. Or, oh, it's raining again. Or, oh, it's so dreary. Or, it's too cold, or I'm too hot. Or, something on the job, or whatever it is. I have a backache. Well, at least you're alive. So you have something to shout about, something to be thankful uh, about. And it, it, from the beginning of this chapter, it's unbelievable. It says, they were afflicted in wrath. They're living in darkness. God turned his hand. The Bible talks about the good hand of the Lord, and he turned his hand to smite them with uh, evil. It says that their bones were sick, their entrails, they had that sick feeling in the lower intestine. Their bones were sick. Um, all these things were going in. It says that they were hedged in, that they couldn't build. They were builded against. They were besieged. Humanly speaking, oh, it was bad. 
very bad. But even then, wherefore should a living man complain? You know, when the temptation comes to feel sorry for ourselves, to look at life from it's all about me, woe is me, not to be flexible, not to analyze the situation, not to really scrutinize and discern, could this be my fault? You know, I learned this a long time ago. Um, I'll usually say I got judged. Now, and what that means to me, I know that we don't get judged. We get chastised, but I, des I, de I deserve this. There's something I did. I deserve it. I got judged. You know, whatever it is, something breaks. You hurt yourself. Uh, something happens. Um, I just learned a long time ago, I'll take the blame. There's no way I'm blaming it on God. There's no way I'm blaming it on somebody else. But what happens is when you start looking to put the blame, uh, you're going to do that. And it, whether they did it or not, it's unjust, even though they, there's fault that can be found and there's a situation that needs to be corrected. You have unjustly did so. You, we need to get to the point where, and, and I'm trying to live this, all of our complaints are to him. If we would tell him, you know that old song, let us have a little talk with Jesus, let us tell him all about our sorrows, answer by and by, I can't sing. No, you know what we want to do? Call somebody up, gripe a while. I need to vent. I need to tell them what I'm going. They can't help you. And all you're doing is, is just sharing your sorrow and your torment. If we just get alone and say, Father, I have some things to tell you. I don't know why this happened. And I don't know why you gave me that co-worker that won't show up early and they don't do their job and I, or whatever it is. I don't know why you allowed this to happen. But this is what it, I feel like. This is what is happening to me. This is what's going on in, in my mind and my spirit and my heart. And make a scriptural complaint, not blaming, but explaining what you're going through. And Letting God know how you feel. David was a man after God's own heart. But you know what most of us do? Well, do you believe what so-and-so did? And I can't believe. Or they're always kind of, look what they did. And they did it. And it's not my fault. It's their fault. Or I'd have done better if they'd have done better. And I can't believe this is happening to me. So Job knew what this was like. In Job's trials, he says, as for me, is my complaint to man? And he complained a lot. But in his complaints, he was describing what he was going through with God to his friends. But God gets angry when we complain. So when we think it over and then we feel sorry for ourselves, rather than seeing the benefits of the blessing, then we utter it, we say what we've been thinking, what we feel. It is an un unjust act that makes God angry. What happened to Israel? 
Well, they wanted more variety in their food. They, the Bible says they were wearied in the greatness of their way. They didn't like the angel food, the manna that fell from heaven. They remembered the fish and the leeks and the onions and the melons and the garlic of uh, Egypt. And they began to want more. They said, we deserve better than this. I'm tired of, uh, what is it, spam and uh, whatever, ramen noodles. Uh, hey, it'll keep you alive if you... Uh, I'm tired of rice and beans. I'm tired of beans and cornbread. I, I, I think I deserve something better than this. And so what did the Bible say? God got so mad at them. He made an east wind blow and all these quail came in. There were so many quail. And it says they ate till they were gorged. And then it says they kept on lusting. They were not removed from their lust. And it says God slew the fattest of them. The ones that complained the most made God so mad that he gave them what they asked for and then he killed them for giving them what they asked for because they complained. And the, and the people with God who were right and humble said, this is what God has for me. I accept it. I appreciate the manna from heaven. I appreciate the rock that follows us is Christ. I trust in him. The Lord knows the way. He'll lead us with a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. I trust in him. The Lord knows what is best for me. But how many of us can live this when we have a sit down with ourselves and we have a little talk with ourselves? And like David said, he encouraged himself in the Lord. And you commune with your own heart on your bed. And in the night season, there's a diligent search made. And you think about the things that you like about your life, the things that you don't like about your life. What will we do then? Will we feel sorry for ourselves, justify the pity, utter it in the morning, and then put the blame on somebody else. No, 1 Thessalonians 5.18, in everything, give thanks. Everything. Amen. We realize we don't deserve it. Any blessing of all, we don't deserve it. God is in control. Somebody always has it worse. It could be worse. And I'm on my way to heaven. I have the hope of eternal life. This isn't going to last forever. Life is very short and fleeting. I have a great life. God has blessed me abundantly. But sometimes because of pride, we begin to think, I deserve better. I, it's time. I want something more. And when this happens, God is going to get very angry. So what is the goal? This is very important. Um, in Psalm 144, verse 14, the Bible says the goal is, now listen to this, there would be no complaining in the streets of the people of God. And the next verse we quote it all the time, happy is the people whose God is the Lord. That when we come to church, we're not hearing complaining, though, and, and so there's a difference, notice, 
If you're mad at the world and you hate sin, that's not complaining. You know, a lot of people who can't handle it say, you're griping, you're ne No, I'm not. I'm just telling you what's happening out there. That's not complaining. Complaining is when you feel sorry for yourself and you're trying to find somebody to blame. Well, if they would have done this, I wouldn't have done that. That's a good one. Well, if they would have treated me better, then I wouldn't have done that, and that wouldn't have led to this. Um, and so here's the thing. The more you know about God, the more you know that God is all-powerful, and all God has to do is speak it. It's going to happen. And then you know that if you pray and God hears, that's all He has to do. What if He doesn't? You have to let God be God. You have to trust in the Lord. In Psalm 77, 3, I complained and my spirit was overwhelmed. There's some moving of the human spirit when a Bible complaint is made. Now, this is David talking. David's talking to God. He complained to God. He didn't like his circumstances. He, he didn't understand why he was persecuted. He did right, and he was accused of wrong. He had a contract put on him, an assassination plot, that they were trying to take his life. His own wife turned on him. Later on, his own children turned on him. His, his own son turned on him. All these things happen. What is the way for deliverance. What is the way? There's nothing wrong with complaining biblically. God doesn't want us to be a bunch of zombies and cold-hearted people and just, you know, take it. We are emotional. What are you supposed to do? Complain to God. Get alone. List your sorrows. Tell Him what you don't agree with. Explain vividly how afraid you are how it makes you angry, how frustrated you are, your problems of life, and talk it over with Him. And then what will happen? God's going to hear from heaven. There's going to be a true, honest, open relationship, and deliverance is on the way. But what most people do, rather than this time of year, looking at the benefits the blessings, they put the blame on somebody else and they forget that the Lord is God and almost all of this, we brought it on ourselves. You know, this ought to be a goal. We can work on, we can grow in grace. Wherefore should a living man complain? So, like I mentioned Wednesday, uh, the guy said, well, I'm doing pretty good today. I woke up on this side of the dirt. I'm still alive. Amen. All right, let's pray. Let's bow our heads, close our eyes. I'd ask that no one is uh, leaving, no one is looking around.